You've reached Vernon First Baptist Church, our podcast. My name's Randy, one of the pastors here, and we are going through our series for Advent, and this week we'll be looking at peace, and we're going to look at the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, and what we can learn about peace in the midst of a chaotic world, and a world that's definitely searching for something, and I think they're searching for peace. What is peace? How do we get it? That's the questions we're looking at today in our sermon. And we're going to be looking at Luke 1, so feel free to turn there and join in. Blessings. Now, how many of you did some shopping last weekend? Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Ah, well, if you did, you weren't alone. Boy, millions of people were shopping. In fact, one organization, Shopify, you heard of Shopify? You know, you've probably been on some of their websites. Lots of anyone who's online uses, many of them will use that, that uh, group to, to do their platform, their sales platform. 2.9 billion sales on its platform on Black Friday. That's up from last year. A lot of people shopping over their lunch. Three million per minute over lunch. I tell you, um, one billion by 4 a.m. Eastern, that's a record, four hours earlier than last year. People are shopping. And I think they're shopping for something. There's a sense of longing within us to... I think they're shopping for peace, you know? Just that right gift for someone, or as I heard often, shop for something and buy a little something for yourself, too. Well, maybe if we get enough stuff, we will feel peace. Well, we are going to look at a passage that talks, I believe, about peace. I know one person said, They posted, oh, we have our tree and our decorations up early. Uh, It's a little early for us. But we just have this need of a peaceful feeling. Well, I can't think of a story that is more Advent-y, if I can coin a word, Advent-y, than the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah. A story that we could turn to a story of waiting and longing and fulfillment, longing for true peace. Now, we find that in Luke 1, and you could definitely turn there if you have your Bibles or your app or you're at home. Feel free to pull it out. Luke 1, the good doctor, Luke, is writing a massive story. Now, we're going to get to the the passage. Some of you are like, don't we read the passage first, Pastor? Well, we're going to get to the passage in a moment. Don't worry. He wrote his gospel and the book of Acts. And this is the story where he starts his epic tale. The epic tale of the rise of Jesus and the church living out his life and his world. Now, the people of God have had prophecies and rumors of Messiah's coming for hundreds of years since the prophet Isaiah foretold. Wasn't it great our kids were singing and they read this passage for us? 
And I am so thankful for my father-in-law, Ray, who did such a great job on unpacking the prophecies of Isaiah for us. They were longing for a prince of peace to come. And the New Testament is the telling of that story, of that prophecy fulfilled. Now, if I were to ask you who wrote the most verses in the New Testament, I could ask for a show of hands, who would you say? Some might say Paul. Paul, Matthew, Matthew's gospel is a long gospel, or John, he wrote a gospel and some letters, maybe it's John. Well, I tell you today, certified. Luke, Luke is the one who wrote more of the New Testament than anyone when he wrote Luke and Acts put together. And it was Paul who tells us that he was a physician. He was a physician and being the only non-Jew who never, he never met Jesus. He's non-Jew, he never met Jesus. He came to faith 20 years after when he met Paul. And he had to research all this about Jesus. If he wanted to learn about him, he had to do his research. And being a physician, he's the only one that researched back far enough to really give us this Christmas story. And thankfully, he's willing to share his findings with us. So I would encourage you, actually, if you would, if you're able, to stand with me for the reading of the first words of the Gospel of Luke. I know it might wake some of you up. Don't worry, there'll be plenty of time to nap as soon as we're done this reading. Now, here we go. From Luke 1, hear the word of the Lord. Many have undertaken to draw up an account. Well, I just want to make sure... Our our thing is working here. Uh-oh. We skip, we skip far ahead. Is that my fault? I just want to get our... Something's, something's wrong, so let's just read and we'll figure out the slides later. All right, here we go. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, as we were talking about, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the world. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Thank you for indulging me and standing up. It's not just a ploy to keep you awake out of respect for the gospel. Let's pray together as we dive into this story. Jesus, you are the light of the world, and we ask now that you would illumine your truth to us today to let it sink deep. Grant us your peace. We pray in your powerful name. Amen. So Luke goes on in chapter 1, maybe some of you knew that, boy, the whole chapter 
So much of it is the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and you wondered, how long are we going to be standing here? Well, Luke goes on to tell the whole story where this childless couple gets to be in on the ground level of God's radiant, redemptive work of Jesus. And there is so much that we could unpack. I think one Christmas for Advent, I'd just like to focus in on this whole story. You know, from the angel's message to Zechariah that his wife was to fulfill the promise of a new Elijah in their son, John, to Zechariah's unbelief in his question, how can I be sure of this? That led to him being silent for nine months, to Elizabeth's surprise pregnancy and her lovely response to it, to her being a relative of Mary's, able to affirm what is happening in her, and to Zechariah finally being able to speak and doing so with a beautiful word over his son, at the end of the chapter, showing the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy. Hear this from chapter 1 at the end. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. What an incredible, incredible speech that Zechariah gives us. So will we cover all of this today? Some of you look a little worried. No, just like the angel said, do not be afraid. No. This week of Advent, Our focus is on peace, so I'm not going to stress you out with an overly long sermon. All I want us, what I really want us to see, is how this time of year is meant as a gift to help us refocus on peace. It's what we want at Christmas. It's not often what we get, is it? So I want to ask two questions this morning. What is peace, and how do we get it? So first... Simply, what is peace? Now, some would say that peace is the absence of conflict. Or maybe when we're away from all the busyness of life. How wouldn't? How blessed would a holiday in Hawaii be right now? Or Mexico? Any takers? Yeah, I see that hand. Or some would say that peace is that calm feeling we get when everything is finally under our control and no one goes against what we want and we can trust that all will work out for our good. That's all we're asking for. Hey? Have anyone had a dream like that sometime? No one, yeah. Now, I know for introverts, last Christmas was perhaps the best yet for many ways. Except, of course, for the reality of not being able to connect with those closest, the loved ones that they couldn't connect with. But otherwise, we had to stop all the busyness, all the concerts and parties and plays and gatherings, and it was peaceful in a way that it has never been. But is that peace? No, I don't think that's peace even. Let's see. God's Word tells us that peace 
is God's shalom in our lives. So turn to your neighbor and say, peace is God's shalom. And then you might want to turn back and say, and what is shalom? Shalom is a Hebrew word, a Hebrew word for peace. The promise of a prince of peace is a ruler of shalom, one that rules with shalom. So what does this word shalom mean? We've looked at this before, but let me just unpack it briefly. The prince of peace would be one who offers out God's wholeness to everyone, the goodness of God impacting our actual lives, our deepest places, but also right where we live on earth. It's a lack of chaos, being in right relationships with God and with others, within ourselves, and even within creation, which we've definitely seen a lack of in this last year. It's a sense that we are rooted and established in the love of the one who made us, and that that will affect our lives, our world, for good. That is shalom. That's the peace that Scripture talks about. So how do we get it? How do we get this peace? And Well, this is where I think our story is so helpful. We see very clearly that Zechariah was doubting. How is this going to happen? When he had this promise of his wife, old as she is, old as he is, how is this going to happen? And so Zechariah had to pause. He had to slow down. He had to shut up and trust. And Lord, begin to trust in a whole new way, learning to trust. Uh, Elizabeth, on the other hand, she found her peace after waiting for so long. Not that having a baby at the age of 70 or 80 would be that peaceful. Any takers? <laughs> no, I don't see any hands that time. Now, but for her, she had been trusting all along in a very powerful way. And verse 45 says this, And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So there was a sense that there was a promise spoken to her. What had the Lord given her? We're not sure. But listen to these words in verse 25. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, and in verse 43, when she meets Mary, she says, But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The baby in my womb leaped for joy. Well, we're not quite sure, but maybe she had been promised by God to have a baby and she had thought, I have to give this up as she got older. Or maybe it was just the promise was to have her disgrace removed. Could you imagine the peace that she felt, maybe a little giddy, maybe a little extra swagger, she walked around town as her tummy rounded out as she looked at these women who had looked down on her all her life for not being able to conceive, for not having the blessing of God on her. A sense of peace. And maybe a little bit of gotcha back. Or maybe 
The promise had been that she was going to meet her Lord. Right? The mother of my Lord should come to me, she says, in some special way, and she didn't know how that was going to happen. She held inside herself, her, inside her very self, a gift from God. The gift that God sees her, loves her, and has a purpose for her in the midst of the chaos all around her. I love Grace Wolf's art, and she had this beautiful ornament that she had drawn and colored, painted, peace within. That is God's shalom, that sense of wholeness that God holds us and is within us. And you don't have to be pregnant to get that. That's a good thing, isn't it, guys? No amens? No, God's peace is not just for a pregnant woman. It's for the single person, the married, the young, the old-er. I don't want to use the old word. For every man, woman, child, every race, every person, God's peace is available. Now, this Advent, are you waiting for something? Maybe you've ordered something, and it's on a container trapped somewhere, and you haven't got it. It's a gift that you want to give or something that you wanted. Maybe you're having to slow down a little bit. Are we waiting for something to give us peace? Are we having to slow down for a variety of reasons, and, and we're not getting to everything that we want to get done? And we're feeling frustrated. If we could just finish all that we need to get done, maybe then I'll have peace. But maybe peace in this time comes as a part of having to slow down, not being able to do everything we want. Maybe that is the gift so that we can see the true peace that God is offering you in the midst of all that we face. Now, I know it is exciting to do a little more. I'm excited about our Christmas program tonight. We get to do more this year than we have last year, that's for sure. And sometimes we can tend to pile it back on. Oh, maybe we'll have peace if we just get back to normal. We seek to feel that, fill the loss we feel. But I want us to consider, consider that just going back to what things were to the same busyness we used to live, that might not bring us peace. Did it bring us peace back then? Or was it just a bit frenetic? I've mentioned this group before, Advent Conspiracy, and I want you to see this video. I think it is a lovely video that explains exactly what I'm talking about. I think too often this season can fill us with dread, pressure, and anxiety. Not peace. So is there a gift in the midst of a pandemic? Gifts of remembering to slow down, to love one another, see what is most important. Perhaps another gift is having to face the silence of a lack of busyness. In the silence, God is waiting, waiting to fill us with the peace that Jesus has always offered. What the busyness of life and Sometimes even more so Christmas can steal from us, unfortunately. From the beginning, the hope 
we have is to know God's peace in our chaos. From the very beginning, we look back to even in Numbers, you know this famous blessing, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Shalom. This is a promise. That's why Isaiah promised us a prince of peace. And Jesus himself, the prince, the ruler of Shalom, encouraged us to join in this work. And I love this. When he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. This word, this Greek word for peacemakers, irenopoi, I won't have you turn to your neighbor and say that. Irenopoi, it means to create peace or to generate peace, to cause peace, to bring forth peace. This is what job that Jesus is asking us to join him with. And perhaps one of my favorites, this is actually one of the meanings of the oi, irene is the peace, the opoi. One of them is to form a conspiracy, a conspiracy of peace. Who's with me? Let's rise up for peace. Yeah. Yeah, I'm having to make some choices right now in our lives to say, you know, we're going to slow things down a little bit. I'm not going to get overly busy. Paul tells us in Colossians 3 how to have this peace, how to be the people of God. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Patience, this is living like Jesus. Bear with each other, forgive one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, and then hear this part, he says, let, allow, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful." God's shalom, God's peace is a gift to us. And we can choose to let that peace rule or choose chaos to rule. I want to end with the words of Jesus when he says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. And I have told you these things so that in me, in Jesus... You may have peace in this world, he says. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus doesn't promise us a life without conflict. The chaos is going to be around us. We can't just get all that we want. Things aren't going to come our way. He doesn't promise that. But he has promised us God's shalom, that peace in the midst of it if we know the Prince of Peace. So this Christmas, maybe we can spend less, a little less on each other and give more, the gift of experiences, to love all as we give to those that truly need it, and perhaps slow down enough to worship a little more fully. And that might give us all a little more 
peace. And I pray that it starts with me. Let there be peace. Let it start with me. Well, the greatest present Jesus gave us when he came is that he gave us his presence. Amen? That he comes to us moment by moment and the promise that he will come again. It is his presence that is the greatest present. A favorite poem of mine, Malcolm Geats, wrote a poem about Elizabeth and Mary. It's called The Visitation, and I want to read this as our closing blessing and benediction. Here is a meeting made of hidden joys, of lightnings cloistered in a narrow place. From quiet hearts, the sudden flame of praise, and in the womb, the quickening kick of grace. Two women on the very edge of things, unnoticed and unknown to men of power. But in their flesh, the hidden spirit sings, and in their lives, the buds of blessing flower, and Mary stands with all we call too young. Elizabeth with all called past their prime. They sing today for all the great unsung women who turned eternity to time. Favored of heaven, outcast on the earth, prophets who bring the best in us to birth. I invite you to open your hands for a closing blessing. As you go from here today, I pray that you would pray the prayer each moment, Lord, grant us peace. Dona nobis pacem. Lord, let there be peace, but let it start in me. Receive the shalom of our Lord, God's wholeness and goodness, and let it blossom out from you to all those around you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thank you.